Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. Welcome to TV Gold. This is the second part of our 2023 year in review. I'm James Manning from Media Week. Joining me as he does every episode of TV Gold is my co-host, Andrew Mercado. And joining us again for this second of two episodes, David Knox, the uh, Chief Executive Officer and the founder of TV Tonight. Welcome back to both of you. This Hello. one's going to, this one's hey, going to be international. Okay, so international series, and we're also going to be looking at documentaries. A lot to get through this year. Andrew, you've watched a lot of television. I think you're going to lead us off with your uh, international dramas. And again, you've broken these up into some different categories. It's the only way I know how to make a list. Uh, So I've broken them into dramas comedy and romance, and shows that finished and had great finales. So let's start with the dramas. And my hands-down favourite show of the year was Nolly, starring Helena Bottom Carter as Noel Gordon, an icon of TV in the UK that I didn't know a lot about. I thought it had a lot to say about ageism and the way that we throw people, used to throw people of a certain age, particularly women, off TV because they didn't match up with the demographics. Helen Bottom Carter was terrific. I loved that. It's literally, it's literally the only drama I watched all year, three hours, got to the end, went straight back and watched the whole thing all over again. I oh. loved it. All right. Now, my other list of the best dramas were Dead Ringers on Prime, which was that mad, crazy thing about the gynecologist twins played by Rachel Weiss. I mean, that was just extraordinary. Fellow Travellers on Paramount Plus, which is still going, uh, political history against a, a gay history of the 50s McCarthyism going through to the 80s with uh, AIDS activism. The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix, horror, Mike Flanagan shows. I've always loved them. I love that he uses the same cast. I couldn't wait to finish watching this show. I just thought it was fantastic. The Long Shadow on Stan, this look at the victims of Peter Sutcliffe, who was uh, a serial killer. Uh, They call him the Yorkshire Ripper. The family don't want him to be celebritised with that term anymore. Um, I I just think of uh, that performance in there of the, the, the mother who had to, you know, street walk so that she could keep up with the Joneses and buy presents for her kids for Christmas and she ends up murdered while her husband's sitting in the pub drinking. I mean, wow, I'll never forget that. And, of course, the Sixth Commandment on Binge, uh, which was just so incredible about that awful con man that was uh, going after Timothy Spall. Um, wow, it was so great. Honourable mention on my list goes to Hijack on Apple TV with Idris Elba, Beef on Netflix about the road rage incident that turns into something a lot more, the fourth series of Fargo, which is still playing here now on SBS. Uh, this is where I put Far North from Paramount. I should have put it in my Australian list like you did last week, James, <laughs> the New Zealand uh, drama and uh, The Bear on Disney+. Plus. So they were my best ones. And if we go to finales, because a lot of great shows finished this year, look, Here's the shows that finished this year that did great. 
finales. So there was Happy Valley on Binge, Succession on Binge, Ted Lasso on Apple TV+, Sex Education on Netflix, and The L Word Generation Q on Stan. But if I've got to pick a favourite, I'm going to say The End of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Prime was my favourite, only because it was such an ambitious final season to, you know, do all these flash forwards and, and give you long looks at these characters into the future, but still keep the main story rooted in her working on this late night TV show and maybe the late... 50s, early 60s by now. Just great. I really, really miss that. So that's it for drama. Do you guys want to comment on drama before I move into romance comedy? There's there's actually another one that you've forgotten has also now finished, which is The Crown. The Crown. It's final season, but it's, of course, only just dropped now. And, you know, this season of The Crown, not as good as others, but I do want to point to Elizabeth Debicki's performance. And I... But 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 I also feel that you know I kind of feel like a lesser crown is still far better than a lot of other shows that were offered, right? True, true, true. And another show you've missed, Billions. I mean, how how could you not have that on the list? Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to refer to my James Manning list of great shows. <laughs> that 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 didn't actually make my best because I've. I've tried to go on an old TV Tonight rule, don't do um, second and third series. I've tried to keep a premiere series this year on my list. But Billions, you know, what was it, series seven, eight, whatever it was, there's been a lot of them, but it, it wrapped up very well. Yeah, I'm not going to say I'm enjoying the final crown too. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it is. I watched one episode last night. I'll, I'll knock off the next three this weekend. And there's only four, aren't there? Uh, in the last half of the final The last season. half of the uh, split yeah. season, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, what's next? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to jump now to best romance slash comedy. going to be a bit Golden Globes here and, and separate <laughs> the shows because I've got so many here. So my favourite show of the year was the second season of Schmigadoon. Apple TV Plus when they did Chicago and sent up the darker musicals of the 70s, Cabaret, Jesus Christ Superstar, Hair. Look, I played that soundtrack album. It's The music is so great. The show is so funny. It's something that you can watch over and over again, right? I, I loved it. I'm with you. Um, those shows of the 70s. The question now is will we get a third season? Who knows? But if we do, they've got to go to the, the Lloyd Webbers. Yeah. And Cameron McIntosh, right? Yeah. Got to be like the super musical and yeah. throwing Wicked Phantom and Lamies and all those ones. That, that that's got to be in the next season. But I'm with you. I absolutely love Smigadoon. I can't get enough of it. Look, on um, my other uh, favorite shows of the year, Bupkus on Binge, uh, Pete Davidson's sort of biopic. It was such a surprise package. I didn't even like the guy. And I watched the first episode with uh, Edie Falco playing his mother and went, oh, my God, this is fantastic. I've got so much respect for Pete Davidson now. That was a terrific show, and I hope they make more. Minx, the second series on Stan, which may be its last. I thought they really kept it up there. Funny Woman on Binge, the story of a UK sitcom actress. I loved that. Smothered, which I've just watched on Binge, a little six-part romantic comedy. Yeah, really great. The Lovers on Binge, which was another Sky show that was set in Ireland. Uh, I liked that as well. And also... 
Two shows that I've never talked about on this podcast, and this is my opportunity, Somebody Somewhere on Binge. It's this little, little show starring Bridget Everett as this woman who goes back to her small Texas town um, and uh, has this uh, gay best friend in town. It's so subtle but so beautifully made. And it aired the same time as they were kind of a double bill, an HBO double bill, The Righteous Gemstones, which is now in its fourth season. So you can watch these shows on binge. This is John Goodman as the head of a tele-evangelist religious family and his absolutely hideously awful children. It is so mad and crazy, and yet it's all kind of based in this weird reality of a sort. John Goodman plays it very straight, but some of his kids are doing like really out there comedy, but it's really, really funny and getting better and better with each new season. So, yeah, if you need a need some funny shows to watch, I'd be going there. Okay, so that's the international stuff. Noxie, what's on your international list? Um, so I also have a number of those uh, same shows on my list, being Nolly, being um, The Sixth Commandments. What a powerhouse performance by that cast, a masterclass in acting. Um, you also mentioned Hijack. Now, I, I know, James, I'm a, I was a big fan of Hijack. Huh. It's It's not... You know, it's look. It's not the most sophisticated of shows, right? It had flaws in 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 the plotting here and there, a bit of turbulence. But for <laughs> me, it was such such a roller coaster ride that I just I just and the cliffhanger um, way that they finished each of those episodes, it reminded me of going back to to the glory days of Twenty Four. So um, I loved uh, Hijack on Apple TV Plus. Um, now, we haven't mentioned The Last of Us on Showcase. Andrew, yes. I know you're not a big fan of this particular genre, right? I just don't like the genre, but I did watch a couple of those episodes. I half watched some of it, but there was a, a key episode there with Murray yeah. Parker in it that was incredible. Yes, that episode, I think it was episode three with Murray Bartlett and Nick Offerman um, in a romantic story, which, you know, you don't expect that to happen in what is pitched pretty much as a sort of a, a, a I mean, zombie's not the right word because it was fungus that was impacting the, the characters, but that genre of, of action slash horror, I suppose, you don't expect to have such a moving performance um, by those two particular actors. But, I, you know, I thought the, the 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 two leads, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, together, two unlikely characters had such um, uh, charisma together that, that, that for me, that The Last of Us was probably the best of the HBO shows, aside from, a, of course, as you mentioned, Succession um, ending this year. Um, Stonehouse would be another one that I would put in the mix alongside Nolly, um, even though the Australian scenes were <laughs> clearly not filmed <laughs> down under. But yeah. I, give a, I give them a bit of a free pass on that one. Um Boat Story, uh, which has only recently dropped, I'm enjoying. I haven't seen quite enough of it yet, but that first episode, <laughs> difficult to watch some of the the, um, the confronting, gory stuff that was going on, but that was um, th- that was uh, terrific to watch. Heartstopper is beautifully made. Um, that cast is just fantastic. So they was they moved to uh, Paris 
for much of this second season of Heartstopper, but that's always fun to watch. And I really liked The Burial, which was a a, a tally movie on, um, I think it was Prime Video, um, with Tommy Lee Jones about a, a, a legal case. Um, that was a, a fun watch as well. Yeah, yeah, well, good stuff. Okay, my list I've got, yeah, I've got 11 on this one too. Two of them are tied at 10th place. There's not much that hasn't already been missed, so I'll, I'll power through them. Yeah, Stonehouse I put in. Um, I love that. One of two things that are on BritBox for me, husband and wife, Matthew McFadgen and um, Keely Hawes. Uh, Daisy Jones and the Six, I don't think anyone else has mentioned yet. It was on Prime. I just love that. Uh, Riley Keough, granddaughter of Elvis and Priscilla Presley, did a great job leading that group was almost like a retelling of the um, Fleetwood Mac story, but um, I just really enjoyed that. Beef, which uh, Andrew and I both enjoyed. Look, we thought it was going to be huge. Didn't get, didn't do that much business. I'm I'm not sure where it showed up in the Netflix data. I didn't have a look. I got a feeling it did pretty well. Well, there uh, was a controversy around Beef. Remember one of the actors um, who'd been accused of, you know, uh, doing something abusive, and this was okay. well known when he was cast in the show. So there was a bit of a, a a pushback against Beef when it was launched. I think that's what affected it. Okay, so that might have hurt the publicity. Dead Ringers, yeah, look, we we both love that too, Andrew and I. Um, the Diplomat, I don't think anybody's mentioned that. I really enjoyed that on Netflix. It's one, James. There was two. <laughs> I, the one on Netflix with <laughs> Kerry Russell and Rufus Sewell. Kerry Russell was the new American ambassador to the UK. Her husband went with her, Rufus Sewell, who was a former diplomat for the US. But nice cameos from um, Rory Kinnear as the British PM and Michael, um, I think it's McKean or McEwen from, um, from A Spinal Tap as the President of the United States. That was great. Um, another one, I don't think anybody's mentioned, Lioness, or is it give it special ops, colon, Lioness. That was just oh. such a fantastic uh, thriller. Zoe uh, Soldana, uh, Laisla de Oliveira was the real star, and, oh, yeah, Nicole Kidman was in it too. But it was, <laughs> it was a really good season. Nicole was very good in it as well. Look, we all liked Sixth Commandment. Timothy Spall was excellent as the first. It's no spoiler to say victim, I guess, is it? Um, but the standout roles too are um, Ina, Ina Hardwick as Ben, the mysterious sort of um, religious man who sort of lured all these people in, into his trust. And his sort of best mate, uh, Connor McNeil, played Martin. Yes. Very tragic sort of character, but he was a great role. He just did it, gave it so much. He was brilliant. It was a very difficult role, I think, that that yeah. sort of sidekick, and he did it so well um, and stick around for the final episode if you do watch that show. Um, and, and, and Google the original guy <laughs> and you'll see um, that uh, uh, Anna Hardwick looks, if that's how you say his name, yeah. Anna Hardwick uh, looks so much like Ben Field. But we should also mention Anne Reid as the spinster Anne. Yes, yeah, yes. Beautiful. For sure, absolutely. Look, the long shadow, which I liked about 
um, Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire and Can I just mention something about the long yes. shadow? I couldn't remember her name when I was just talking about it because I'm terrified I'm going to get it confused with the actress that plays Brooke in The Bold and the Beautiful. So she's Catherine Kelly Lane, yes. but the English actress is Catherine Kelly, and she's the one that played this mother who ends up getting murdered. I think it's the second episode. She looms very large in my best performances of the year for 2023, Catherine Kelly. Yeah, no, she was great. Also, um, uh, David Morrissey was um, one of the uh, lead police investigators, as was Toby Jones. And yeah. they were, um, you know, both fairly unsuccessful. It took the cops a, l- a long time to catch this guy. Um, they almost did it accidentally. He'd been interviewed a number of times and then let go. Just an amazing story. Yeah, The Last of Us, for all the reasons my pre- uh, colleagues gave a little while ago. Tied for my 10th place was um, Lessons in Chemistry on Apple TV+, Plus, which I really enjoyed, and Archie, which we spoke about on our podcast last week, that Cary Grant story. That's on BritBox. And I might mention quickly, Lessons in Chemistry, one of the few things I watched on Apple TV Plus this year, for me, they they didn't have a lot of content, you know, there was... That just, I guess, Schmigadoon was there, wasn't it? I guess. Yeah, Hijack was there. Um, and Physical was there, the Rose Byrne one. I watched that right through to the end, but the third yeah. series wasn't as great as the first two. Yeah. Yeah. The other one I, the other one I should have mentioned is, um, Only Murders in the Building. Yes. Right. Yes. Watched, we forgot that. I watched those three, um, working together and I, I can't wait for the next season. Okay. Let's move on to documentaries. David, why don't you start us off? What documentaries uh, kept you engaged this year? Um, one of the one of my favourite shows of the year, which dropped, I think, right at the top of January, uh, which was a documentary on um, Foxtel Binge on Fox Docos. It's called All That Breathes, and this was a a story about two brothers who live in uh, Delhi in India, who rescue these black kite birds, these raptor birds. Who circle above the city, and um, a lot of the people um, sort of look down on them, I suppose. Um, but these two guys um, rescue them and nurture them back to life. This was beautifully filmed. This story of these two brothers who are struggling in their their rundown sort of home that they've got there. Um, and trying to get funding um, just to keep this sort of clinic alive. And I've got to say, the cinematography on this was incredible. You would literally see from one shot a caterpillar crawling across the road as it then broadens out and you see a jumbo jet flying above the city. So this was nominated for um, an Academy Award um, for Best Documentary. It's called All That Breathes, and I urge you to watch it. It, 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 it was just sensational. Okay. All right. Um, another one, I think it was a really good year for music documentaries, and I know you boys will want to uh, weigh on the, in on this one as well. The, the two that jump out at me was uh the wham documentary which was on netflix yeah uh, that was just uh, i mean how they got i don't know where they got all that um the the narration from that the voices of those guys must have been clearly had been recorded on something but we'll piece together which i think it was sort of told through looking at scrapbooks wasn't it collected by was it andrew ridgely's mother i mother. think yeah yeah yeah, um, so that was really special. I didn't get to see the Millie Vanilli one. Andrew, was that a good one? 
Yeah, that was a good one. And I also really loved, if we're talking music, docos, I loved Love to Love You, Donna Summer on Binge, um, although they really jumped over a period there and because the family make it, they don't go into some of the hard stuff. That's the problem when the family does it. And being Robbie Williams on Netflix, I think it, it points to a trend we saw in documentaries this year where celebrities are trying to make their own documentaries and tell their stories their way rather than waiting to when they're dead and someone else puts in some uncomfortable stuff they don't really want to deal with. Um, the other music documentary we need to mention is, is, of course, John Farnham, Finding the Voice, which was so well done, uh, a huge success. Uh, I mean, arguably made for the cinema, but I think Seven had money in it anyway. Is that right, James? Yeah, correct, and they got the first um, first crack yeah. on TV. I think it's still on their um, Seven Plus as well. I think you can catch it there. Uh, so I love watching that. Uh, I really like the Wiggles, the hot potato documentary that I think Prime Video did. I, I was never uh, a Wiggles fan. I think I was too old to be a Wiggles fan. But, <laughs> but, but watching that, what was amazing to me, apart from the fact that it was so well told, was watching the um, the concert, I guess the reunion concert it must have been, or the anniversary concert, where it was an audience of adults mm -hmm. doing wiggle dancing and wiggle it was for me it was I, I i was looking at my screen going are you people all mad but they, <laughs> they loved it and they did yeah. it with such enthusiasm and, and clearly again as i mentioned in a previous podcast it's it's a, it's about um you know reliving your childhood again right so well done to prime video for hot potato the story of the wiggles Okay. Can I throw in a few documentaries yep. there? Um, I also Beckham on Netflix. I thought that was extraordinary. David Beckham and yep. uh, Victoria talking about their lives. Uh, the Supermodels was good on Apple TV Plus. But yeah, being MTM, the Mary Tyler Moore story on Binge, that was just fascinating about what you know her huge uh, influence on American TV and American culture. You know. To, to, giving women permission to wear pants, like, wow. Um, but my favourite documentary of the year was Reframed Marilyn Monroe, which you can still watch on SBS On Demand, which was looking at Marilyn Monroe about the great things she achieved in her life instead of focusing on the negative, oh, she was a pill popper, she slept with studio bosses to get to the top. You know, that's not at all who she was. She did some incredible things. She was the first to do some things in Hollywood. They punished her for it, and this documentary, I think, finally gives her her, uh, some uh, a tick for some of the great stuff she tried to do as a woman in Hollywood in that era. Yeah, look, I'm I'm uh, in agreement with pretty much all of that. Um, Robbie Williams, I wasn't sure about, but and you talk about stars wanting to have their own version, and I guess that that's a case in point. They they do reference the controversial things, so it's good to get their take on it. You know, it's not always. The true story, but it's it's good to hear what they say, which you won't get when a third party makes the documentary. Yeah, um, so that that's a good thing. I think no one's mentioned yet. Stock, Stock Aitken Waterman, that, yes. that recent two parter on um, SBS, that was brilliant. So many Australians involved in their success story. That was just a wonderful two parter. And it also, me, I don't think I've watched part two of that yet. 
<laughs> I've also been watching uh, only recently. I haven't quite finished the end. Uh, getting to the end is the reveal the the Ben Robert Smith Truth on Trial documentary, okay. which is you know also one of the big stories, media stories yeah. of the year, and they've done a, a a good job there showing us how they had to dig up all of that and stick with their um, story uh, under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I went to see the Chaser show. I know you went, James, and yeah. uh, one of their comedy skits after intermission was, you know, the Defo Awards, the Defamation Awards, and they're making jokes about Ben Robert Smith, and um, they weren't doing Bruce Lehman because it hadn't quite started. But, you know, next year we might have Alan Jones in that space, you know, because those, you know, so, yeah, with that the defamation trials with media identities was a big thing in, in this year and looks like it's going to be. I don't think I've ever had to close so many comments on stories as I've had to do this year because trials are still pending, yes. Yeah, it's amazing, our legal year, wasn't it? And I just, I think a lot of people have probably got Ben Roberts Smith fatigue, but there's just so many things. The story just keeps taking a different, you know, you keep finding out new things and it, and it starts up again, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, that's really good. Look, I wanted to, um, so that's pretty much international and the docos. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the streaming platforms because there's so much, there's, there's probably 10 major platforms which are all asking us for money and it's going to get pretty expensive. And I, and I note that Apple TV Plus had a couple of good shows, but at $13 a month, they had a recent jack the price up significantly. It's a lot of money. For me, the other one that's a bit disappointing is probably Disney Plus, which is now $14. Sure, they had the Artful Dodger recently, but there's very little. On, they had a few good things in the last couple of years, but for me this year, they just lacked. I mean, you could almost tell the parent, company was in a lot of trouble and sure the actor strike probably impacted a lot of what they were doing but for me for that um 14 dollars they just don't deliver enough well i don't know there's i find a lot of stuff on disney that i end up uh watching you know some of the sitcoms that are there i um you know i spend a lot of time watching a lot of shows on on disney plus comedies like it's always sunny in philadelphia and you're the worst and the mick you know when i need a funny laugh i i quite end up watching disney plus before i go to bed um but yeah i know what you mean uh there are so many streamers i don't know if if people were smart they'd have a spreadsheet and they'd be keeping (laughs) a list of shows and going okay i'll do two months with that streamer and watch everything and then cancel it but gee that's a lot of work and it's really hard to do isn't it for people yeah i mean i think we should probably declare that you know, as reviewers, we get access to previews and streaming sure. services, some of which we pay for, some of which we don't. Yeah. Um, um, and 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 a lot of previews where they will give you, they might give you the full season, they might only give you one or two episodes uh, in a preview. But um, so I think our experience is slightly different. This is my point uh, to, to what consumers are getting to. So it's good that you raised this, James. I, I, I think that probably still of the bunch that probably the, the, the binge and the foxtel, um, or binge is probably yeah. still the pick of the bunch there because you've got HBO, because you've got BBC first. Usually, um, I don't think every BBC show first goes out on binge, but but it seems to be most of them. Um, so that's pretty good value, I think. And it, it's also worth looking out for when there are deals, particularly like things like 
BritBox might do like a $2 for two months sale. Now, yeah. it's not a lot of new content. Um, the new stuff is usually pretty good because it might be Archie, as you've referred to. Um, but if you're happy to go back and watch, you know, all those lines of duties and all the great um, British crime thrillers and dramas, that that can be good value as well. And another thing that's really going to change the streaming services next year, which has started very slowly this year, is fast TV and free streaming services. I mean, we're not doing fast TV well at the moment. Seven and ten have got these channels. They're, 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 they're you know, they're not doing it well. But then you get an operator like Broly coming along and declaration. I work for Broly on the side. I'm looking to get some amazing Aussie classic TV content to go up on that next year. But look at them. They're, they're going to be a free streaming service. At the moment, they've got 350 movers, movies, predominantly horror and Australian exploitation. And, you know, they've got a town like Alice there, 1981 with Brian Brown and Helen Moore. So I'm loving rewatching that again. So once people find out that there's more free choices available too, that may well change uh, some of the other fates. Or, or instead of watching uh, uh, old shows like that, you can just go back and watch Australia all over again on Disney Plus and pay for it as a six-part series. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, the other thing that we should mention in these streaming services, it, you've still got to do the fast tracking. I'm sorry. If people are paying a premium price, you've got to give them premium service, and that yeah. includes fast tracking. There are, I've had a number of readers saying, where the hell is the Gilded Age season two? They know, you know, that it dropped in the US in I think it was maybe late October. Yeah. Getting, I may be wrong that, but we're not getting it on Paramount Plus until I think around mid-January. So yeah, it's not good enough. I agree. And there's no reason that I can see, no reason that they're giving me for why it's late. There's, you know, if it's a right steal, you've got to say so. Okay, good stuff. Look, um, thank you both for um Andrew, for your contributions all year. Noxie, we uh, welcome you back to the fold. Hopefully we might uh, see you a little bit regularly, more regularly in 2024, perhaps. Um, look, there's a lot of we've covered here. I'll, there'll be some lists I'll put up at mediaweek.com.au and Noxie's going to have some uh, details about the choices too on tvtonight.com.au next week. Um, when these episodes are live, look. Oh, um, yeah, so I like to, I like to. Sorry, I like to drop my what I call my my top five shows. Yeah. I haven't quite settled on which five, but um, obviously by the time people read it, I, uh, that will be there. But um, I only focus on the um, new shows. Yeah, as you say, I can't be going back and and looking at. Well, I do look at them, but I but I I, I tend to choose the shows that I think sort of crystallise the year. So, so yes, my top five will be running soon on the blog. For sure. Thank God I don't have to just do a top five. I'd never be able to be like killing my children. Which ones do I choose? Thank God I can do a top 25 or top 35. <laughs> Same. Very tricky, very tricky. Look, season's greetings to you both and to all our listeners. And uh, we'll be back early in 2024 with more TV Gold. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a great year, everyone.